Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Thursday, July 20th, 2017. I'm Alex Calafi, joined today by two of our three regular co-hosts. One, Donald Terrio. Hello. Hello, and uh, a very tragic day for those of us who grew up listening to Linkin Park in the 2000s. It was it was the actual frontman, the, the voice we all know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. If you're, and if you're in that predicament, there are people that are looking to help. There's uh yeah yeah there's there's always the, the hotlines and whatnot. And there there's an eerie video that I saw today where it was him performing with Lincoln Park right after the Chris Cornell suicide came out too. Um, and then to think, and then it was a tribute performance and to think, uh, something so tragic would happen so, so soon after rest in peace. Um, also joined by one Justin Baruby. Hello. How you doing? What's up guys? Hey, uh, I'm, I'm digging that Zelda one shirt. Oh yeah. It's pretty cool. I like this one. <laughs> so so, so let's, let's think. <laughs> <laughs> And it does have lots of characters. I'm trying to think what got reference in Breath of the Wild. I see the Moblins. Not um, enough, to be honest with you. <laughs> no like-likes in Breath of the Wild, which I find slightly troubling. It would be perfect since you can lose your equipment all the time. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We got a slightly packed show, especially with our first stories and last stories. We got some stuff in the middle. We got some Pokemon Go. Splatoon 2 comes out tomorrow. We reviewed it on NintendoWorldReport.com. You can read that review. It got a quite positive review. Um, it seems like it's Splatoon, but more. And it seems like it fixes some small issues. But for the most part, it's a slightly better Splatoon. Yeah, it's not a it's not a port. It's a completely original game. It's just there's a couple of things that we were hoping would get fixed in the original game that really haven't. Like what? Uh, well, I think I think the big things are the at least that Neil called out in his review, and are bit bummers for me. No split screen multiplayer. You need one one card per person, which that's going to limit my ability to play that locally. And the uh, the fact that you still ha- you still have to exit out of a room to change weapons, which really sucks if you're trying to change up your strategy, but you're with a good group and it's not friends. Yeah, that's one of the things I always mm-hmm. found frustrating with the Splatoon in general. I mean, you could come in with a loadout and realize I'm getting stomped, but you can't switch it at all during the match. You have to wait till the next round to be able to switch your weapon. And honestly, I think it should work more like something in Overwatch, where if you switch weapons, you have to start from scratch building up your special again, but you can do it. Maybe a few yeah. loadouts per character. There was also the Splatfest last weekend. Uh, you guys both played it. Justin also played a little bit of the final version. Uh, Ice Cream won in both North America and Europe, but the results had the flip in Japan. Isn't that right, Donald? Yeah, um, North America and Europe, they had the same Splatfest, so they shared results. And uh, they, the way they're doing the Splatfest this time is that it doesn't matter what popularity score is because you still have to win a, either the most solo battles or the most team battles in order to win if you're the most popular. Whereas if you're on the losing side, like Kate, like Team Cake was pretty handily, almost over three to one, then you if you fight if you fight well enough, you can come back from that even. Mm-hmm. So but, didn't, just, but didn't it give an extra point to, to the Team Ice Cream people for the popularity? 
Yeah. So basically, it's two out of three with popularity solo battles or team battles. Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I don't think it's fair that popularity should count. It should come down to the fighting. Yeah. Do you guys think it's a good idea to have, like, the waifus each take a team? Like, does that make it more fun or does that skew the results as they might be otherwise? It, it maybe not not so much in in the Japanese results because Pearl ended up winning there, but it was also probably way closer. It, it was like fifty two forty eight in the popularity there, but I think there was a bit of a there was a quite a bit of a bandwagon effect in uh, North America with the people voting for Marina. Now, do you think Pearl is the more popular waifu in Japan, or is it still Marina? I think it's still. I think it might still be Marina. It's just the options that they had were like rock music and pop music. So it's more. I think it's more of a factor for us than it would be for them. Sure, sure, sure. Well, I think the guys at Third Rate Minion were telling me the other day that there they do like Pearl more in Japan, but I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess we'll see how that plays out. Um, as for the quality of the game, I decided to abstain from playing the Splatfest. One, because I knew both of you would play it, so I, so like it wouldn't be necessary for the show. And two, because the game's coming out tomorrow, I kind of want to play the final copy of the game as soon as possible, rather than playing another demo and not having it spoiled for me, but having the initial impression not be as impactful. So, so let me ask you this, Justin. As someone who played the Splatfest and the final version of the game and who wasn't totally over the moon about the first Splatoon. How do you feel about Splatoon 2? Uh, I like some of the changes they have made. I mean, I didn't get to explore that too much myself because I don't own the final copy. I just got to play it for a little bit. But I am looking forward to, and I think I've said this on the show, the ability to just pick the special upgrades for each uh, piece of gear or have more influence over that instead of just it just being a complete random re-roll every time you want it. So it looks like that's going to be there, and that's huge for me personally for the longevity of the game. I didn't get to try the single player, but Neil said it was similar to the first one, so I'm not too excited about that. I think the game really shines in multiplayer, and the single player is just, just a distraction to that mode. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the game. I really do like Salmon Run. I've played that multiple times now, and that is a ton of fun, especially if you can get four people to play with. We did try it a bunch of times with two people, and it's brutal. You really need a team of four people to do that mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the so do they give you bots, or do you just jump in with another team when you're doing it four-player? Or two-player, I should say. Uh, it's just you and whoever else was Ooh. with you. And that, that was through local multiplayer because Jared and Neil were both there and they both have a copy so that was them playing together yeah Mm -hmm. I think Jared streamed it for us last night actually because of Nintendo's really wonky embargoes he literally he literally had to cut out in the all the in-between stuff so you only saw this once the clock started ticking down Salmon Run (laughs) seems very uh, it seems very love it or hate it as far as reception goes so far yeah, I I just wish I think the other I think Neil's other prime complaint on is that it's just it's not available all the time. It's 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 on quite often from what we saw, but the fact that it's not a you know just dip in unless there's a splatfest going on that seems kind of counterproductive, especially since I think there is some exclusive gear that you can get out of that mode. Yeah, that's what I've heard. 
Yeah, and the other thing is there are arcade games, but you don't play them while you're waiting to play Splatoon anymore. Isn't that right? Yeah, there's not. Well, there's not as much load times going from like a Switch card to compared to doing it as a uh, as a you know on a, on a disc. So I guess they don't really have time to do those. But I the one the one arcade game they showed I think was looks like a real fun uh, rhythm game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Donald, as someone who really liked Splatoon and played the Splatfests, are you enjoying Splatoon so far? I I am. I'm just looking forward to getting more chances to actually build out my own loadout because the only times I've really played it were with the fixed stuff that they had in the first test fire and in the Splatfest. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of over the splatter shot and uh, and inkjet combo, and I'm looking to see how if see what I can get in there and sort of break what I get and I'll I'll be I'll be doing some dancing with that to make sure that I can play it this weekend nice 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 yeah so Splatoon's coming out tomorrow you will hear much more about that on next week's show um, especially if we get Neil on next week because then he'll have several weeks of experience with it but yeah, the and other... if you're looking for mm-hmm. people to play with go to our discord server and check that out yes sir because Lord knows Discord's way better at doing voice chat than the alternative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good segue. Nintendo Switch's online application dropped on Tuesday, and you can't really use it yet. The Splatoon 2 is currently, it's currently in maintenance mode. Yeah, that was as of the time of the, the time of the article went up. It, you could sign in with it Wednesday morning, U.S. time. And most of the stuff seems to be live, and we have seen people that have used the app for for what it's designed for in Splatoon 2. The Splatnet portion of it, really good. The voice chat integration, not so much. Right, right. Sounds it seems your phone needs to be on, and then there needs to be all this stuff plugged into it. It seems more complicated than the speaker that came with Animal Crossing on Wii. Yeah, the the we speak, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. The because not only does your phone have to be on, but you can't do any sort of multitasking with it. Which I know they patched that out of Fire Emblem Heroes at some point, but it's still annoying because especially if your phone is like mine, where the battery lasts like twenty minutes on or can't can't barely get through me going doing groceries while listening to music and some light web browsing without croaking. Then yeah, this seems like a bit of a bit of an issue that the phone has to be, you know, not in locked mode or sleep mode all, at, at any point while you're doing this voice chat. Yeah, we need to see how the video game stuff plays out, especially with Splatoon Two, and if they add arm stuff and yada yada yada. But people have been very negative in reception to this app so far, and it's very rare to see something from Nintendo that is so indefensible as the the initial. Uh, launch of this app. This whole app is just baffling on many levels to me. I don't understand why they chose to go down this road to begin with. I mean, the, on the one hand, some of this other integration sounds cool where you can go to the shop if you're not playing your game and check your stats and things like that. Maybe even see who's playing through it, but that's cool. But the fact that you need to have it connected to your phone is just madness. And mm. the way they're doing it right now is... I know it's not the what they're considering the final product either because they said that would come with the paid version of the service i believe this is more of like the beta run right donald 
Yeah, basically, there is a reason why they're not charging for the online service until next year, and this yeah. is probably part of it. Yeah, because nobody would pay for this. Let's be honest; it's <coughs> ridiculous. Um, we'd probably pay for it. All three of us would probably pay for it at least for the initial year. As somebody who, well, my experiences with voice chat on in online games have basically been, if I want racism, sexism, and homophobia, I'll just go on Twitter. Um, I will when the start when we start paying for it, I'm basically paying for the discounts and the game and the classic games, not the voice chat app because I will barely use that if at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I as I go into adulthood, especially, I find myself wanting less regular online multiplayer and more local multiplayer and single player games. However, that is no excuse for the app being as downright unacceptable as it is right now. I mean, I'm, I'm the opposite with with you there, Alex. I want more online multiplayer because a lot of my friends don't live nearby anymore, so right. I've got to use that to actually play with them so i'd love to have better online multiplayer and it's really hard to convince my friends to hop on the nintendo bandwagon when the online is always has some crazy catch to it preventing it from being up to par mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and your solution is valid too donald yeah some i mean some people have claimed that there's like I think the term being bandied about was there's political reasons why the Switch doesn't have built-in voice chat. But I wonder if it's just the the games are using so much of the system's memory that maybe it maybe they just don't want to have it running in the background would prefer to outsource it as they've done for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. I but given that this is the company that had to shut down the sharing services for Swapdoodle in 2013, they may still be getting the repercussions of that. Ms1k3 asks, do I need the Splatoon headset for voice chat? No, but unless you're using some sort of computer application, you need to do it through the phone app. As far as I know, you cannot do voice Pipe. chat in Nintendo first-party games. Yeah. The, uh, you right, would need, in the, right in the game. Yeah, you would need, you'd need the app. So if you want to hear, if you want to have... The, the, the main purpose of like the, the headset thing that Hori is putting out is so that you can have game audio and the voice chat coming into the same headset. Mm. Yeah, which is crazy, because right now the solution... I'm, I don't have that device that's going to mix the sound for me, so my solution is going to be, if I'm going to go the portable path, to put earbuds into my ears and have over-the-ear headphones over top of that to get both forms of audio coming through, which is crazy. Yeah, I'll give Nintendo the benefit of the doubt on this. Mm, maybe they don't deserve it, but I'll still give Nintendo the benefit of the doubt on this You're and crazy. assume that the, the reason that they're taking so much longer to launch the online is so they can figure this stuff out. That someone internally said, in its current state, we can we There's no way we do could two months of work on this and charge it. So maybe they're going, here's what people are saying, here's what people can't deal with, here's how we're going to make it better. And then hopefully... Between now and early 2018, when this thing properly launches, we're going to have something between the ideal, which is just having everything at the system level, and where it is now, which is unacceptable. We'll probably get this Nintendo tier in between, which is how everything with Nintendo seems to work out. But somewhere between the ideal and the worst case scenario, Nintendo usually ends up square at the 40 to 60% of the way there, Mark. 
If only they just used Steam for this, we wouldn't be having this conversation, I think. Yeah. Ah, oh, if, if Nintendo had a Steam-like solution, that would, that would be just wonderful. I think that covers it for the Nintendo Switch Online app. We just gotta wait for this to play out. We gotta see the early goings of Splatoon. This is definitely not the last you have heard on Nintendo Switch Online on this show. Nope. <laughs> we, we will beat that thing to death. But as Justin said earlier, if you would like if you would like a less insane voice chat solution for your Splatoon games, uh, look up the NWR Discord. Yeah, yeah, uh, Nintendo World Reports Discord. And then this is a show that loves beating things into the ground, as you can tell from probably five or six episodes of the show that have arms somewhere on the title, and then probably five or six more episodes of the show that are going to have Splatoon in the title. Uh, that's that's just how we roll. It's Nintendo releases. It's, it's major releases, and Nintendo works in major releases. We're going to have three devoted to Fire Emblem 2018 when that comes out next year. Four more related to Super Mario Odyssey. It's we we do things in arcs like like a great anime, as as one would say. Uh, we have Wii U. It received its first software system update in eighteen months. Uh, "Quote unquote" balance stuff and improvements to the online browser, which apparently just means some homebrew stuff doesn't work. But as they rapidly improve the Wii U PC emulation, part of me wonders whether this is even going to be a concern going into the future. Yeah, the I think this is basic because I think they did something similar with the DSi a few years ago where they threw one last update at it just to break the really obvious holes in that led to homebrew on that. And then they basically, that was it. And I think this is what the Wii U is seeing here because realistically there's no systems on store shelves to update to this that would need to be updated to this thing. So at this point, you're going to have to go looking for it. Mm-hmm. Or you just, yeah. or if your Wii U is still plugged in, it's going to download it on its own anyway. So the this is basically the last one out the door, turn out the lights. And I think the the fact that some of the data miners found a reference to the to the Miiverse ending, given that it's on the 3DS and there's still some heavily played games on the Wii U, even that rely on Miiverse for a lot of the backend functionality. I think they basically just included that too so that they don't have to do another update in 2019 or 2020 when Miiverse is actually going to go away. It's always nice to have some reason to think about the Wii U in 2017. Which I don't mean in a snarky way. It's just <laughs> that because the Switch has taken all of our focal points. Yeah, It's not very often that I think about the Wii U anymore. Although, we had the weirdest thing go on sale today. Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut got its first price drop, and that game came out four years ago on Wii Mm -hmm. U, and it's 75% off. It's supposed to be an excellent version of the game. Yeah, it's like the best version that's not on PC. I actually played it when it was at E3, and I've never played the game before. I had no idea what was going on and found the game super complicated because there was no tutorial in that demo. It was crazy. I think yeah. I th- because it was a late a late edition from uh, the PS3 and 360. I think they assumed a lot of the people playing that demo would have played it already. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a week a, a Deus Ex sale in 2017. I never asked for this. <laughs> no one um, did. 
The there was also another time I thought about the Wii U this week. It's just a little diversion. Did either of you read that Kotaku article about the guy who put out a Wii U eShop game about a carnival? And then it looks like the kind of game that would scam people. And then it turns out this guy just really believed in his game of a lesser quality. The Thornberry software stuff. Thornberry I, software. Yep. Yeah, I, I believe I, I believe uh, Don uh, Seren and I called them out last year on the uh, telethon for that kind of thing because they put out a couple of shooting gallery games that were basically identical to each other. And then, like two weeks ago, they dropped this fun fair game or whatever whatever I don't even remember what it's called now. And I do the downloads every week, so that kind of tells you something. Yeah. So I recommend. I'm trying. I've been trying to find it as they've been talking. Uh, it's called Wii U game doesn't look like much, but represents one developer's dreams, and it's a super super interesting look at not just the Wii U because it gives you an excuse to think about the Wii U, but it's a wonderful look at creativity, especially in the video game space. It talks about this guy who's been coding games for the last twenty years. He has six people employed on his team, where it's it's five or six people, and he's making games that he really believes in, that he wants the family to enjoy together. But by most critical standards, it's not a good video game. He's putting everything he has into the game, but it's not very critically received because it costs 13 bucks and people think they're trying to, he's trying to scam them. And it's, it's this, he's getting all this super, super negative reception. And you think it's one of those super crappy Wii U eShop games, but it's this guy who just really believes in his dreams. And I, I think it's something worth reading. And and I'll give him credit for just not ripping existing game demos and putting them up on the eShop for, which I think has been like sixty percent of the games that have come out on the Wii U since the Switch launched. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's just that's just a little diversion. I know we're uh, we're keeping the show at a brisk pace tonight, just because we're doing it a little later than normal. But I just wanted to call attention to that article. Also worth calling attention to a new Super Smash Bros. update for 3DS and Wii U. Uh, there's support for the last Amiibo that are coming out. Uh, one could read into this and say that, hey, maybe this is them sort of setting up update parody for this eventual Switch version. I just think the Super Smash Bros. game on, on 3DS and Wii U are super popular, so it's worth updating them even though they're coming on three years old. Yeah, because it, I don't remember when the last time those games got updated, but it had to be probably about a year ago now. So maybe they didn't even think that those last Smash Amiibo were going to come out. And then, surprise, not only are they coming out, they're coming out in two forms. Right. Yeah, which player one, player is two. crazy. Do you like that, Justin? Because I know that you're you're one of these collectors. Uh, I mean, I have mixed feelings on it. I'm, I I know they have different costumes, but there's other characters that have different costumes, too, like that are substantially different. So I'm wondering if when the new Smash Brothers comes out on Switch, if instead of them re-releasing all the Smash Amiibo, they'll do a player two line and re-release different poses or just different uh, costumes on the characters. Male Wii Fit Trainer, mm. Female Villager, Wireframe Mac, all the Koopalings. There's a lot of places they could go with this elf. I, I'm afraid to see what the bundle cost would be for the Koopalings, though, which is a shame because I just want Wendy. Yeah, She is the best one. And maybe Maybe they would choose a few, but it, it's it's a good point in that Nintendo could still totally squeeze this Amiibo thing further for a Switch version. Although, 
the popularity of Amiibo in 2017, or presumably even 2018, is very different than it was and would have been in 2014. Well, I think uh, when if we see the sales, how well these uh, Smash Brothers Amiibo sell will tell us more, because it seemed like a lot of people were just into the Smash Brothers yeah. uh, Amiibo yeah. and didn't really care about the other lines. So, there more are, to the story. There are eight Amiibo that are supposed to launch tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm buying, I'm going to probably end up buying seven of them. Jeez Louise. Why not just actually, get the no. eighth one at that point? Oh, sorry. Actually, I stand corrected. It's nine coming out tomorrow. And I'm going to get eight. The because really I don't need the Advent Children Cloud, and yeah. they only did online pre-orders for it on EB Games here because it was an exclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least with at least with Bayonetta Player Two, I could uh, I could I could take the bet against the retailer and throw it into a pre-order with Kingdom Hearts Three since that's not coming out until 2024. Right. Right. You Wait, know, Kingdom Hearts 3 is, is allegedly coming out by the end of next year, which means 2019, <laughs> but still. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. that We know that game is not coming out until one of my NFR co-host's sons gets married. And that and he's, I think, 12? Okay. So, yeah. The, the, at the very least, he's, he's barely into the double digits. And, yeah, the... the <sighs> They they can say what they want, but the fact that they they can they were saying that Final Fantasy VII remake is going to come out first, and we know that's not coming out until twenty twenty, for the first part. Well, what if Kingdom Hearts goes episodic like that Final Fantasy game supposed to? Don't don't tempt them. (laughs) (laughs) Then you'll see it next year. Have you guys seen the new Kingdom Hearts three footage? The uh, the Toy Story stuff looks fresh. Hey, we finally have Toy Story graphics in a video game. It only took yeah, us. 13, it looks great. Only took us fifteen years. It's very interesting watching Toy Story one in like like the current year, because parts of Toy Story one look still further than anything video games are capable of, and other parts look almost PlayStation two early PlayStation three esque, and it's it's shocking how inconsistent. The visual elements look in Toy Story by modern standards, um, but that's that's beside the point. Pokemon Go, Justin, tell me about this this legendary Pokemon Go stuff starting on July twenty uh, second. Yeah, I mean, oh, I guess there's a chance for it to start on July twenty second because I believe that's the same day as the Pokemon Go Fest in Chicago. It's yep. this weird event they sold tickets for, and then I don't fully know exactly what's going to happen there, but. Everybody, even if you don't go, kind of participates in this event because during certain times, you want to try and catch as many Pokemon as possible to earn bonuses for yourself. And I believe if you catch... uh, Well, the bonuses are for everyone if you catch a ton of them. It's like a group effort. But if everybody contributes enough and catches enough Pokemon, they'll release the first legendary Pokemon in the form of a raid battle, it sounded like. And they will start appearing just like other raids currently do. It's interesting to think because that, that was the most exciting thing from the original Pokemon Go trailer that everyone flipped their shit over. Yeah. Was the, the legendary raid battles. And yeah, well, like, it's Mewtwo. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> and then that's the one they showed off. They were showing off the yeah. original 151. They show, they're showing off Lugia now, but it seems like this is sort of the equivalent of the Grand Theft Auto Five heists that everyone was looking forward to, the online heists. And now, now those came out finally like a year or two. Uh, after and it seems like the Pokemon Go raids are something quite similar. 
or the elusive targets in Hitman 2016. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, my biggest concern with this is, again, it's going to favor people in cities and whatnot because as someone who lives in a, in the suburbs, it's hard to find people to even go raid with. So I've barely been able to to participate in any raids because of that. I mean, it's not like I'm going to show up at one of these gyms where the raid's happening. There's going to be like 10 people there ready to take it on. So mm. hopefully I'll be able to actually earn legendary Pokemon because I still do play the game and that would suck if I can't really participate. Uh, quickly, I'm going to go around. Justin, what is your favorite first two gens legendary Pokemon? You too. All right. You, Donald? <laughs> oh, well. I'm going to go with Lugia. It's, uh, you know what? Strong choices all around. I'm totally happy with all three of those answers. As I, I would say those are probably the top three. Uh, maybe Rune for Raikou. Maybe Celebi. Like, I, I would allow those. Maybe even Entei. I think Suicune's slightly overrated. But Ho-Oh, Lugia. And, uh, Suicune is one of the reasons I got out of competitive Pokemon. Along it's because with... you hate Suicune? <laughs> No, because every because when I was playing, it was everybody used him, Blissey, and Skarmory, and it drove me insane. Oh, Skarmory's way too wonderful to get overused like that. The, well, considering <laughs> like, he was also this was back before we had the idea of like special fighting moves or special rock yeah. moves or whatever that yeah. would hit. It it basically it just was it was throwing yourself against a wall for twenty hour for an hour at a time back in the uh, gold silver and crystal sending commands to IRC bots days. Right, because you'd have Blissey putting up walls, and then you would have Skarmory laying down spikes and then toxic spikes. And can it can it also do stealth rock? Uh, th this was pre it learning spikes and all that. This was just it would just you would. You would throw out a physical attacker against Blitzy, who was absorbing all your special moves, and then the and then Skarmory would just laugh at you. Because this was back when you could effort everything to max. Fair enough, Donald, my friend. Okay, let's move on. We still we still only have a couple of things left. Two new Switch release dates. RBI Baseball releases on Switch September fifth. That's something you're looking forward to, Donald. Yeah, because we don't... I mean, it's no Super Mega Baseball, which is like the, the first game I fell in love with on PS4, and is apparently coming... They want to get on Switch after they get the sequel out, but this is a this is a weird one, because it's an official... It's, it's a licensed MLB product that's actually published by Major League Baseball, because the only company that was able to make any significant money on doing a console baseball game was Sony. Because like 2K walked away from it, but it since obviously Sony's not going to put MLB the show on anything but their own stuff. It's nice to have a light a, a licensed simulation baseball game on the Switch. Super Mega Baseball is the superior one, though, as far as I know, right? Yeah, it's it's more of an arcade style, but it's it it's a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I always see Neil talking up Super Mega Baseball. And it, I think it's got. I think it's been down to like five bucks on flash sales. So you probably have got it somewhere. And I think it was free on Xbox for a bit too. Yeah, I have it on Xbox for free. I played a little bit of it. It seemed totally okay. <laughs> the other one is a pretty cool one. One Piece Unlimited World Red Deluxe Edition is coming out on September 29th, which is the week after Dragon Ball. And then there's a third Namco Bandai game, Pokémon. Pokémon, and that's coming out 29th or 21st. 
22nd. 22nd. Oh, geez. Okay. And that comes with uh, all the content from Red, 1080p visuals at a higher frame rate, two-player co-op, and over 40 pieces of DLC. Now, I don't watch One Piece, but uh, I, I always try to choose like one or two anime slash manga a year to get into, and One Piece is going to be the next one, considering it's, it's like the biggest manga of all time. Yeah, it's I, and the anime adaptation is like 600 episodes. Right. It's 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 like Dragon Ball where if you want to catch yourself up on One Piece, the smartest thing to do is to straight up read the manga, get it done in like a fourth or even like a fifth or sixth of the time that you would from reading from watching the anime. Watch the movies so you can still get some of the anime kick. Maybe watch whatever episodes of the anime you want. And then and then play the video games. I will oftentimes find myself watching anime in order to enjoy the video games associated with that anime. Like, I reread Dragon Ball uh, in order to actually feel qualified to play the Dragon Ball Z video games. And I'm probably going to do the same with One Piece. Because, quite frankly, Unlimited World has always seemed like a really fun video game. Uh, oh, dear. Um, I randomly checking Twitter. What's the anime that seems least feasible to adapt to live action? One Piece. It's getting a live action series. That's cute, and I'm like not as surprising as it should be. There's going to be a lot of CG if my expo my exposure to it is basically my roommates had it on in the background on Crunchyroll while doing other things. But they are going to have to CG the hell out of that thing if it's going to if it's going to be live action. Now, do you think it's going to be that Takeshi Miike uh, CG where it's like 1998 PS1 level CG? where they cut off someone's head, and, like, it does not look the way that would in real life. Well, considering the main the main character's powers are basically Stretch Armstrong, uh, possibly. Possibly, I, yeah. I can't, see this, I can't see this being a very high-budget production. Yeah, I, I'm thinking more Attack on Titan movie than anything else. Any hoozle. Those are the Switch dates I have for now. Which brings us to Nintendo Sales Panic. And Donald, I will hand that over to you. Yeah, so the MPDs, of course, came out the, the third Tuesday, or the third Thursday of the month. The previous month's MPD results come out. Uh, Alex, you'll be pleased to know that Crash Bandicoot, despite only being on sale for two days, finished fourth in the combined yeah. cards. Good for it. And, it. and then right behind it, and trailing Tekken, Injustice 2, and... Grand Theft Auto, because of course, is ARMS, Zelda, and Mario Kart in order. That's Switch. strong. That's very that, strong. That's Yeah, 5, 6, and 7. Uh, we will see what happens next month with ARMS because between Splatoon 2 and just uh, anecdotal reports is suggesting that maybe that's not moving as well as perhaps Nintendo would like, uh, The that joke might end up being the obvious joke about arms might end up being a little, how, how can I put this? Uh, not happening. Yeah. I, I think we're going to see an arms too. I think it's going to sell well enough to justify that. I don't think it's going to be a total, like wonderful one Oh one style bomb. Yeah. At, at this point, if you're fifth in the combined charts on the MPDs, you've already passed wonderful one ones worldwide sales just in one country. And it's doing well enough in Japan and it's actually going to be at the first Japan Evo tournament. 
I'm, I'm mm. excited for that because I want to see this game taken to the next level. Mm. I I think Arms is desperate for a sequel that basically turns it into Splatoon. I I don't normally say just turn this into another game and then just like like keep it from being its its own thing. But we need an Arms two that specifically learns the lesson of Splatoon. Put it in a hub, social sort of Nintendo Land style. Add a single player campaign that's inspired by a Nintendo game that most people like. Even if uh, even if Justin is 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 validly down by the single player campaign, add something that people can bite into. Add another fun campaign mode. Make it feel like a sixty dollar purchase. Add new characters. Switch things around. Arms would benefit way more from a sequel than I even think Splatoon would. Well, the Arms story still isn't over yet. Don't forget that. There's still going to be updates. It, uh, and, so, <laughs> has it begun? <laughs> yeah, we got Max Brass. Yeah. Oh, is that, you're talking about from a downloadable content standpoint. I mean, yeah, yeah. the literal lore from Arms. One questions oh, whether it's begun. Oh, that. Yeah, that. I'm waiting to know to learn more about without having to translate Japanese Twitter. So. I I don't feel like I'm exaggerating and saying that Springman is one of the strongest character designs in a main character Nintendo has ever had. And I think they're criminally underutilizing the potential for a narrative in this game. Yeah. They if they it, what they should probably do but they won't is poach somebody from Neverrealm who worked on the story for not only the Injustice games but Mortal Kombat 9 and 10. Mm. Mm. That's that's yeah. Like get Ed Boon, <laughs> let Ed Boon direct uh, <laughs> Arms Two. Ed Boon loves video games. He makes really good ones. And it's yeah. it's hard to imagine what Mortal Kombat Eleven would be, but that's what we're probably looking at next year if they don't just do like Injustice Two Game of the Year edition or whatever. Oh, I think what Ed Boon should do next is uh, sort of Mortal Injustice was the title I came up with. Where they did Mortal Kombat versus DC, but try it again with everything they learned from the last two games. Take the best stuff from both. Bring back brutalities and fatalities. Do the off-camera stuff. And just just make the MKDC that we always wanted. Even though MKD versus DC was a totally okay video game. Yeah, and, and there and there's a uh, there's about to be a vacuum, as it seems, for uh, for crossovers between classic fighting game franchises and comic books. So yeah, this this might be the chance to really get something that would that would appeal to a lot of, a lot of people. Oh yeah, because everyone seems totally down by uh, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one other thing I wanted to mention. Oh, this is this is a non-Nintendo console thing, but we're about to shut down the show, and it was a short one, so I'll still bring it up anyways. I beat Crash Bandicoot. I beat the remake collection. It's really damn good. I think if you like good platformers, and you have a PlayStation 4, and especially if you can get it for a reasonable price. I know some people got it for 6 bucks, but even if you can get it for 20 30 even, even I think 40 is a fair price. It's around 15 to 20 hours of really strong platforming, really tough platforming, really sort of, it's it's not heartless platforming like you'll see in a lot of Mario knockoffs. It's the new Crash Bandicoot ports or remakes, remasters, whatever, are made with a lot of love. It's really good. It's top five for me probably for Game of the Year so far. There's new DLC. Yeah, Go I was going to say, uh, are, you, are you down for that level that they supposedly removed from the games because it was too damn hard? Which is free DLC yeah. right now. 
I watched a Crash Bandicoot documentary on YouTube the other day, where it's a, you know you're playing a game you really like if you beat it, and then you just look up all these like YouTube documentaries for it. So I watched a, a YouTube documentary, and there's this level, Stormy Ascent, I think it's called, that was in the original game, but it was so hard and so brutal that, that they basically removed it in a finished state. And it was still accessible via GameShark code. But it was uh, it was totally removed from the original finished console game. And at a San Diego Comic Con panel, I believe it was with the team, sort of ma- sort of talking about the new Crash Bandicoot level. They confirmed one that that level was getting put out remastered in the new game, and that it's already out as free DLC. Two that it's going to be available for free for thirty days before they charge two ninety nine or three ninety nine for it. So make sure you download it now if you have the game. And three, they're putting out a Hyrule Historia book by Dark Horse Comics of the Crash Bandicoot series early next year, which I think is really wonderful. Are, how much of the stuff post-Crash 3 do you think they'll include, like after Naughty Dog left the series? I think we're going to see some cart. I think it's going to focus on the original game, like the, the Willy the Wombat era stuff when Sony was planning on making their own mascot platformer, but because they couldn't compete with Crash Bandicoot, they ended up canceling their own internal project, which is, uh, which is something I learned in one of these YouTube documentaries. Nice. But I, I, think, I think here's what I think the trajectory of the Crash Bandicoot series is. I think later this year at PlayStation Experience, Crash Team Racing is going to get announced as the next remastered. It's going to be digital only, but it's going to be probably next summer is how they're going to do it. I think next E3, or potentially PlayStation PSX, this would be a sort of last one more thing, Vicarious Visions is going to make the next new Crash Bandicoot game, and I think it's going to be a really good thing to see. Granted, they made some really good Crash Bandicoot games on the the Game Boy Advance, and they also made some poor ones. But I think they're going to take what they learned from this game and what they learned from Skylanders, and I think they're going to make a really nice Crash Bandicoot sequel. And I think that, believe it or not, we could be seeing a Doom 2016 Mortal Kombat 9 tier revival from Crash Bandicoot. And I think that's that's really great. That'll be um, interesting to see, and maybe it'll come to a Nintendo system at some point. Don, are you interested in playing this game, the remakes? I, I am, but not... But... I figure any Sony game is eventually getting it dropped in price pretty badly, so I'm kind of holding out for that. I still have to play where I still yeah. have to get Ratchet and Clank from last year. I I didn't I didn't click with Ratchet and Clank, but apparently to like Phil Theobald, it was his favorite game of the year. Zach Miller uh, of Nintendo News Report fame, he was he was praising it to high heavens. So it's 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 another really good remaster. Space Destroyer agrees that he likes Crash Bandicoot on his PS4. So. There you have it. That's a new episode of Nintendo News Report. That's all we have for this week. Patreon.com slash NWR to us. The show that the sports site that supports us. Yep. And next week, uh, Nintendo earnings. So I get to stay up till 4 o'clock in the morning again. Yay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then we're going to talk about it late next week in some configuration of me, Justin, uh, Donald, and Zach, and Neil. Donald is on Twitter at Donald Mick, D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K. Also at NFR Podcast, Nintendo Free Radio, the aforementioned sister podcast, the cousin sister podcast of the show. Uh, Justin Baruby at King Nintendo Fan. 
K-I-N-G, Nintendo fan. I'm on Twitter at C-U-L-A-F-I-A. Don't forget to grab us on iTunes. That's our show. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye.